there's only two ways to learn, right? There's only mentorship or mistakes. So mm. I'm teaching people through my mistakes that I made throughout my career in terms of, hey, when I didn't listen to somebody, I fell on my face and I had to figure it out on my own. And now who, who can I help to avoid you know, falling on their face by teaching you how to you know, apply it in mm. the sense. And that's why I love, again, the MBA thing you talked about, because it's really adversity and experience that, that became the teacher. And What does it take for you to be great? Keep it a hundred, bro, you know the answer. Pursuing your purpose, creating profits, building legacy. Anything less, how could you even fathom? Just sit back and imagine all that can truly happen when you pursue your passions. Yeah. So eliminate distractions and get back to the action. That's the law of attraction. You gotta build a team to build a dream. Family, faith, and focus council can only build a king. Are you prepared to reign? Cause whether you weather the weather, the weather won't change. Uh, whether you weather the weather, your weather won't change. Uh, say true to the vision. Say true to the mission. Gotta get to the finish. Take a moment to listen and come and see it through our eyes. We'll show you what it means to live uncompromised. We're uncompromised. 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 Welcome back, uncompromising entrepreneurs. Uh, this is episode 61. Uh, and we are super excited about our third installment of our MBA series, Mentored by Adversity, uh, within season three of the Uncompromising Entrepreneur podcast. Uh, and we're excited because we have Alan C. Paul with us uh, in this episode. And Alan is a driven and dedicated content professional whose entrepreneurial spirit has taken him down really a few different paths. Uh, he's an author, a blogger, a public speaker who shares his insights through multiple media channels. Uh, and specifically how we kind of connected was through his podcast, uh, which is God and Gigs. Uh, and again, we're very excited to have him with us today uh, as we go through our normal questions and just have really what we hope is going to be uh, an insightful conversation coming off of the heels uh, of the last few podcasts that we've been doing, specifically talking about uh, solopreneur success, but also the gig economy and, and how as uh, a solopreneur, you can really maybe take some of these side hustles that you've been working on and turn them into a true solopreneur business. Uh, so again, we are very blessed and excited to have you with us today, Alan. Uh, brother, how you doing? I'm doing amazing, and thank you guys for having me on the show. Um, I got to tell you, like, as soon as you started talking about solopreneurship and your, your, I believe it's the MBA thing, I got a little nervous when I saw MBA because I was like, man, <laughs> I don't know if these guys really read my bio right because I ain't even close to a <laughs> master's of anything. But 
I love the program. I love what you guys are doing. I'm looking forward to sharing with your audience and with, you know, like you said, just chopping it up and talking about how it can be more successful in this life that we've chosen. Absolutely, man. Well, actually, the I mean, the initials are definitely intentional uh, when we started this thing, um, because we know for a lot of folks entering entrepreneurship, entering that business space, a solopreneur uh, success space, you kind of think, man, do I have the chops of what it takes in order to be a successful entrepreneur? Do I have the business acumen that I study? Man, maybe I didn't even do uh, that well in accounting and uh, marketing and uh, economics. And so, man, does that mean I can be a successful entrepreneur? And what we've have found, and obviously we know that this will be highlighted a little bit through your story uh, based off of what we read through your, your bio, is that the most successful entrepreneurs, the most successful solopreneurs, um, they are taught by their adversity, being able to overcome the challenges that are in front of them, learning, innovating, pivoting, um, and kind of taking those life lessons along with their faith um, and pouring that into their calling uh, mm -hmm. ultimately to be successful. So um, for us, that's the highest level of education um, from our perspective that you can achieve as an entrepreneur, that MBA of being mentored by adversity and getting on the other side of that. So, uh, man, you are more than qualified uh, based off of what we've been talking about, man. And we can't wait to share that with uh, our uncompromising entrepreneurship community. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to it again. And like I said, this is, you know, I feel like I'm at home anytime I'm talking about this stuff because it's life. It's like you just get around the right people. You you connect with people like you guys. Like you said, I was looking through your, 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 your shows and all the great guests you have. And more importantly, the real talk you're sharing. So like I said, let's just mm -hmm. jump into it. And hopefully I can share something that will help somebody out there who's also on the same journey. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we definitely would love to hear uh, about your podcast, uh, God and Gigs as well. But why don't you let's start off by you know, having you tell us a little bit about you personally and professionally. Well, I, uh, you know, everybody, you know, says, okay, how can I put my entire life into a couple of sentences, right? So I, I pick four words, maybe five, I go back and forth. Um, personally, I'm a husband, father, I'm a creative, and I always finish up with forgiven. I'm forgiven, mm. I'm redeemed, I'm, mm. I, you know, I don't look like what I've been through. All those cliches are true, they're facts. Um, been married to my wife coming up on 25 years in December. Wow, okay. Leah nice. and I, <laughs> yeah, man, she's, I don't know why she put up with me, but she did. Um, and uh, three beautiful children, uh, all adults, you know, got started early, so I finished early. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's more to that. That's part of the testimony part. And, um, and as professionally, as you mentioned in my bio, I am author, writer of the book, God and Gigs, Succeed as a Musician Without Sacrificing Your Faith. My blog, my platform, everything I do is really around that musician creative side of trying to help people like me who... You know, I've been playing piano since the age of four. I've been in churches. I've been a music teacher. I've been all over the place. And now it just kind of fell into this pot where, okay, how do I help other creators like myself? Well, I got to talk about the stuff that we talk about behind the scenes, behind backstage, things that we deal with as, you know, musicians, as, as I mentioned, you know, been playing, you know, in all kinds of gigs and things like that for 20, 25, maybe 30 years. So that's kind of like where the professional thing comes in, where it was just teaching and it was ministry and it was music. Now it's all the above. And God and Gigs mm. kind of works to help people connect those dots between the spiritual and the practical when it comes to this business. Mm. Very nice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have some things in common, not at 25, but my wife and I just hit 23 years of all marriage. Right. Uh, we also have three kids, two young adults. Uh, our youngest is uh, 14, about to be 15 in November. 
so we're we're getting close to uh, you know in the next few years or so being empty nesters. And like you said, we started early as well, uh, so uh, we're we're excited about that. Obviously, it's it's a uh, it's challenging, it's a little scary, but you know you put all your faith in God, right? And you do your best to raise them and um, and put your faith and trust that they're going to to follow uh, and they're going to do their best that they can to to honor their parents, to honor God, and, and you know just be good folks overall in, in the community so that's so true and i gotta tell you you mentioned the empty nest thing man i wish i was close to the empty nest these guys aren't even close <laughs> i have one that flew the coop but the other two are like really comfortable man so i hear you i, I you know we'll have to talk about that a little later about yeah, maybe yeah. you can give me some pointers on how to make sure <laughs> well eventually yeah, one one left. My my oldest is is my son, uh, and he left a couple of years ago. Uh, our second oldest, uh, she just turned twenty one, so she's still here too. She's uh, going through her master's program online at nice. Florida State, and, and say you know staying home save money. So with the girls, you know, I, I'm okay with them being home, right? So yeah, uh, I'm definitely not trying to kick anybody out, but we'll we'll see how it goes over the next few years. <laughs> but um, so you know that really leads me to my next question: having some of those things in common, like how do you balance? your your personal life and obviously being a husband and a father uh and an entrepreneur a musician a creative how do you balance your your personal and professional demands great question jimmy and one of the things that you know i think we are learning very quickly in this covid pandemic season is that this idea of balance as if you know we can kind of predict what's coming and keep that like it's like being on a surfboard right you see these guys like riding the wave and you say oh they got perfect balance they know exactly and you don't see the millions of times they fell off. You don't see how long they were just sitting out there paddling. And this illusion that we can ride this wave perfectly between personal and professional, I don't think, at least in my life, is truly not the actual case. It's, it's going from one wave to the next. Okay, I got to get mm -hmm. on this wave and ride it. And it might be my family wave. And that's, you know, where I kind of tell people the story in my book where the first, I don't know, five, six, seven years of my professional life, it was all family and I kind of eschewed the road. I didn't want to do anything except come home, raise my kids, eat dinner and have that more sedate kind of creative life where I was more in the teaching and church and that was it. So family was really the focus at the beginning of my career. And now that my kids are older, I'm kind of moving more to the career. So mm -hmm. in the daily sense, I think uh, me being an ADD creative, as many of us you know, creators are, it's been learning how to put first things first. It's like, okay, mm. I got to have that to-do list. I'm usually a free spirit, but I need the organization because my wife has needs, my children have needs, and my business has needs. And they got to go on the list, and I got to get it out of my head so it's not spinning around. Put it on the list, and then, okay, what's first things first? If it's right now, I got to focus on one-on-one -on -one time with my wife. All those other things have to go down to bottom. It's not balanced. At that point, everything falls to the bottom, and the wife goes to the top. But as you can see right now, my focus needs to be on my audience and you guys and the people that are listening. So now my wife knows, you know, that recording <laughs> sign is on. Hey, don't Come bother. Yeah. So now the balance goes all the way to Seesaw goes to the other side. But that's OK. So I don't think there's any one perfect side where you can stay in the middle. I think that's where some of the, the gurus, they kind of led us wrong. You know, you mm. have to realize that it's not about, you know, priority means only one thing. It can't be multiple priorities. That's not really as that's an oxymoron. Prior, mm. pri, you know, priority actually means the first is the first. And so I just got to choose which priority I'm focusing on, not necessarily have multiple ones at the same time. 
Uh, I, I love the analogy that you actually just provided around, you know, the surfer riding the wave. Uh, I think it, it's applicable twofold, right? Sometimes this is the wave that we're on, whether it is, you know, in our creative bag or our business focus bag or our father, our fatherhood bag. And I'm riding that wave. This is the only thing I, I can commit myself to. If I'm on this wave, it's impossible for me to get to the other wave in the middle of riding this one. I got to wait till this one dies down and hop on the next one. But also, even in in that process of you know surfing, uh, you like you said, you know sometimes we look at these servers and we think they have just perfect balance, and in reality, it is throughout that entire process of riding the wave, they are constantly shifting and adjusting their weight and making those minor changes because even within that riding that wave, there are subtle changes that may occur, and your focus is I can't I can't fall off the board, and I have to continue to ride this all the way out. And so, even when you're focused on, you know, maybe again your wife or maybe your business, and you're all in on that priority, there are still things that may come up that you're constantly shifting and adjusting to deliver on that priority to see it all the way through. So, I think it's a, a powerful example, man. Um, and I would also like I'm real. What I'm really excited to hear about, um, especially in your journey, we've been talking a lot about solopreneurship and creatives, and I think we're come. You know, we've come into kind of a new world from a creative perspective because I think a lot of folks they think, oh, if I'm a musician or I'm an artist or something like that, like the options that are available to me are very very limited. It's either like you said, either I'm teaching it. Or uh, maybe I'm pursuing a career professionally uh, as a musician. I'm waiting for my multi-platinum hit record album. You know what I mean? And uh, I think what you've been able to do is you've been able to really find out like where your purpose and your passion intersect. And you've lived you've lived in there and you've combined these years of experience of teaching Mm -hmm. or playing professionally to carve out a very unique niche for yourself that folks may not have even thought about, but as a creative, it makes complete sense, right? The things that you're highlighting, the way that that you're talking about your experiences and using that to teach, but also teach about the experience of, you know, being a musician or being a creative in this gig type economy. Um, I think, man, it's going to be super, super enlightening. I think it's going to be a lot of value uh, for our listeners um, who may find themselves in the same space of, man, all right, I, you know, I knew how to play an instrument. I thought I was going to be, uh, you know, Beyonce Jr. Um, and that and that's and that's not going to work out. So I can't do anything with this talent. That's the furthest thing from the truth. You've been able to to show otherwise. Well, thank you. And number one, I, I appreciate those kind words about you know. I believe I'm stealing this quote from somebody. I know it was in a podcast, or maybe in Clubhouse or somewhere. I heard it. But um, there's only two ways to learn, right? There's only mentorship or mistakes. So. Mm. I'm teaching people. Oh. <laughs> I'm teaching people through my mistakes that I made throughout my career in terms of, hey, when I didn't listen to somebody, I fell on my face and I had to figure it out on my own. And now, who who can I help to avoid falling on my, you know, falling on their face by saying, hey, you know, for the first ten years of my life, I didn't know what a contract was. I just said, hey, you want me to play? I'll show up. And you know, and I didn't look at intentionally setting myself up so that. You know, I've worked hard to learn, you know, to play and get a degree and, you know, whatever the professional thing is, you work hard to use that. But then no one really teaches you how to, you know, apply it in mm. the sense. And that's why I love, again, the NBA thing you talked about, because it's really adversity and experience that that became the teacher. And so now I feel like what you're really getting at for a lot of us, um, those who are listening, 
who are like, okay, well, I had a talent, like you said, the Beyonce Juniors. Like, <laughs> there's never been a better time to be a gig economy entrepreneur, solopreneur, because there is a limitless uh, uh, market where you can get your, your thousand true fans. I'm sure you guys have heard that concept. Get your thousand true fans and just serve them. Find your mm. passion and your purpose and solve a problem. That's it. Passion and purpose that will solve a problem that people will pay you for. That's literally the, you know, and it sounds simple. Of course, it's not simple, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's simple. It's not easy. I should say Correct. Like that. Correct. Right. So I feel like, again, like I'm, I'm not out here in terms of success trying to tell people how, you know, to do something I haven't done because I haven't made a billion dollars. I'm not a Bill Gates. I'm here to tell you how successfully I was able to use these mistakes, still keep my family, still keep my sanity, still keep my health, still keep my faith. And that's worth to me gold. That's 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 you know if I could that's do everything. if I could yeah it's everything. everything. So I, I feel like people the other stuff will work itself out. But yeah, I'm I'm trying to focus on those key elements of life that really make everything else worth it. And then you can pursue the dreams and everything. Yeah, it's it's amazing to see what God can do when you pursue the vision and the goals and the big the big the big success. But that internal success. That's why I really push that whole building better lives from the inside out in my podcast like if it's not inside the the outside things Doesn't you know we got, we've all seen it fall apart yeah oh well said man well said mm -hmm. so when we think about your your journey as as an entrepreneur you know what was that that moment in your life or that time in your in your life where you knew or felt that entrepreneurship was was part of of your calling and where God was leading you. Well, okay, this is it's a bunch of stories I have to wrap up into one because, as you know, usually God kind of God will either give you whispers or hit you with a two by four. So He did a little bit of both with me. Okay. Um, starting out, I think the first whisper of that I need to be my own boss and work to build something of my own was my dad. My dad mm. still alive, thank God. Uh, dental practice uh, as a dentist and as a dental practice up in Northwest Florida and watching him build, you know, he, you know, had that code doctor thing where they shared an office for a while when I was little. And then I remember when he opened his own practice and I remember sitting in that dental chair and I remember how proud he was to have his name on that marquee. And I know at eight, nine years old, it was just something about knowing that my dad, now he was working like a dog coming mm -hmm. home late. But that was his. And mm. I know that was the first seed of entrepreneurship of being my own boss. The second one was when I was teaching a public school, as I said, coming out of school, didn't want anything to do with gigging or, you know, touring. So just taught elementary school, loved it, still love it, still love teaching. I just lowered my class size. That's all I did when mm. I left the school system. So the second part was, though, seeing that pay scale on that teaching thing, on that <laughs> teaching pay scale and realizing there's about nine people voting every year on how much that scale is going to be with the union and realizing I'm never going to go any further than these nine or 10 people voting are going to say. And just mm. watching one of those school board meetings, man, I was like, these guys are not in my classroom. They know mm. nothing about what I'm dealing with. And yet my ceiling is tapped by their decisions. Mm. And that just bothered me. Now, again, a lot of other things between my children, you know, realizing I wanted to step out i actually became a homeschool dad and after i left the school system it was ministry so I, like i said as you said in my bio million of different directions but all of them involve me having control of my own destiny god leading me to be hey 
Don't rely on anybody else. Like this is on you. You know, he said, you know, little, little, little verse real quick that popped into my head. He talked to Moses and said, what's in your hand? You know, Moses like, oh, I can't speak. I can't do. I can't do this. I can't do that. He's like, what's in your hand? <laughs> and whatever was in his hand what he, is what he used to get the job done. So mm-hmm. he kind of said the same thing to me. He's like, hey, like you said, I can play. I can teach. I can speak. I am passionate about these things. What's in your hand? So now it's got to become the thing that gets me to build something that I can, that can feed me and that can sustain me later on in life instead of waiting for somebody else to build it for me. Uh, powerful man i love it i love it so once you come to once you kind of came to that conclusion you're like all right i i know i i hear you lord yeah i heard the whispers and i felt the two by four <laughs> now how do you how did you then transition to finding kind of your tribe like you mentioned those a thousand true fans so like mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about what that process was like how did you find those thousand true friends that fans that you knew this is my purpose and now i gotta solve problems for them specifically well, this is great because we literally just had, I think as my, my wife and I um, did our podcast, and trust me, my wife never shows up on the podcast. So just getting her, she showed up on the first anniversary and we just did our fifth anniversary. Well, no, sorry, fifth anniversary of my book, fourth anniversary of the podcast. That was last month. Nice. Congratulations. So when, yeah. Thank you. So, but here's why, you know, I got I to use her as my, because I, I forget how this all started because we were going back and forth about okay what did we do like how did we get people like and she reminded me guys she reminded me she's like every time we opened our doors musicians were showing up at our house she was feeding them giving them you know whether it be after church or it be after a gig or whatever and it just we're just coming to hang out we're not hanging out at the bar we're not hanging out at the club we're not we're not even hanging out at the parking lot of the church necessarily we're hanging out at, at the house Mm. And we're doing little jam sessions or whatever, but my house has always ended up being a sanctuary for these musicians and creatives. And she said that quote again, I got to use it for her because I wish I thought of it. She said it. She's like, I was feeding them physically. You were feeding them spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. So what I'm basically saying is the audience and the, congreg- the, the, the community came to us mm. because we were just doing it like we were just living. So the more and more I realized it wasn't necessarily me going out to like, you know, do the uh, call to actions and try to find the people and, you know, do the Facebook thing. I mean, Facebook, when I was starting, there wasn't even a really a social media presence to do. You know, that wasn't a big thing in, back in 2010, 11, 12. So, I mean, that's what really happened for us is that we the community was already there and we just said, hey, what do you guys need? So we started doing live events and we started doing just hangouts that we used to do at the house. We'd rent a place. Mm. Um, and again, we just keep asking, what do you guys need? What do you want? What's, mm. what's bothering you? So the, the, the community was formed by us constantly asking questions and serving versus us mm. looking for them and saying, hey, I got this thing. Come get it. Come get it. Yeah, it was always like, hey, you guys are already here. What can I do to help? And uh, that's really where the community formed. And yeah, five, six years later, it's amazing. It's just some of the same people are still, uh, we've watched them grow up in a sense, right? We've watched mm. the community grow and they went on and did their, their amazing things. But they, they, they always remember how we started. It was always about just connecting at that deep level. Yeah, Matt, I think that's powerful because, you know, one of the things that we talk about, um, not just on the, our podcast, but even in our coaching program from Purpose to Profits. And we talk about identifying your tribe and um, what you're touching on is you know something we firmly believe in, which is, you know, it's all about 
com- like you building a community is all about engaging in a conversation. Yeah. Like you were asking them, hey, what do you need? Well, what do you need? It's it's not looking at social media marketing or um, reaching out to these folks as a commercial. Like I'm going to run an advertisement for um, my book and my podcast and what we offer. It's about engaging in authentic conversations. And, and by doing that, you end up nurturing that tribe and building that tribe. And they start bringing other individuals because they want to be around that. And yeah. I think another thing you touched on a little bit earlier, uh, which was like, it's not like you're talking about something that you're not living, right? You're not sitting here and talking to them about, hey, how do you become a, a billionaire in seven days um, through the gig economy? Because that's not your reality, nor is it your purpose or, or what you're trying to serve. What you are doing is you're a living testimony to what does it mean to, again, like you, you called out the title of your book, right? maintain your faith, right? Maintain your relationship with God while you still go and navigate these waters of the gig economy. And what does that potentially look like for me? And I think people seeing your story, being around you, being able to connect and have those authentic conversations, it's something that makes you want to be a part of whatever this is, right? I'm on the ride for whatever it could potentially become. And so what started off as chilling out at the house and, you know, your wife feeding them physically while you fed them spiritually has evolved into you becoming an author, um, podcast, like website, consult, like all of these things. So it's just, it's really dope to just kind of see how that has evolved uh, just because you focus on, like you said, just having an authentic conversation with your folks. Yeah, I love that, that you said that because the, the phrase that, again, we think of conversion sometimes we use, you know, even Apple has a chief in, ev- evangelist, right? Where like that, <laughs> that word just means be, you know, spread the good news. And so I've been mm-hmm. really thinking about the fact that there's no, there's never a conversion without a conversation. Mm. Like that is the key to a conversion is there has to be a conversation first. Like it's the same root word, right? And um, so I've been really focusing. This is one of these things that, again, I probably borrowed from somebody else, another coach who didn't realize it. But I've been focusing lately and I just realized it's almost like a mantra to me. Every day, it's like, okay, I got to share. I will share the good news, share what I'm do, doing. And then I got to make someone smile, right? I got I to gotta give them some joy, give them something. And then I got to solve a problem. So if I right. just do those three S's every day, man, if I just share, I make someone smile, and I solve a problem. Man, that's, that's what we're all looking for, man. We're all looking mm-hmm. to, be, to, to like feel some smiles with all the bad news that's going on. And, you know, we want to hear some good news. We want some, to share something that's actually, like, great. And then, you know, dude, I got something that, that's bugging me. <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I, need, I need help with this. I need the mechanic. I need this. I need whatever the issue is, right? There's always mm-hmm. a problem to be solved. So that's really been my focus lately the last, I say last two, maybe last two or three weeks. And it's amazing because it makes everything else simple, business mm-hmm. or life. Same thing with my family. I got to share with my family. I got to make them smile or else they, they're not going to be happy with me. And my family needs me to solve problems. So it really, the business and the life thing balance becomes more like, hey, let me just be authentically, like you said, conversa- creating conversations and creating opportunities to connect with the people that I really care about. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that we, on, our, on the last episode, that was one of the tips that we provided to our audience uh, for people who are looking to to grow their solopreneur business quickly is to share your knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and, and knowing that as a solopreneur, as an entrepreneur, you're either trying to solve a problem 
or you're trying to, you know, escapism, right, is is big in, in society today. So you're trying to provide some type of entertainment or help people feel good and better. But smiling does that, right? If, if I'm helping you to smile because I'm entertaining you in some type of way, again, I'm feeding into that pleasure or the pain and helping you to relieve that pain by helping you solve the, the, the problem that you have right now. So I really, really love how you how you put that together. Uh, makes, obviously, just complete sense. And, you know, it's kiss it, right? Keep it uh, Keep simple it. Yep. and systematic. And that's definitely simple. Oh, I like that last know. S. Yeah, I like that last S. Yeah, we don't want to insult people. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, that that one I know I picked up from uh, actually Kurt uh, the Connector. He was uh, the first guest that we had on our NBA series uh, nice. for our third season, and, and yeah, picked that one up from him. As soon as I heard, I had to write that down. I said, "Yeah, Kurt, I'm definitely going to be using that uh, from now on." So, you mentioned your your dad and you know, kind of the the inspiration that you got from him at that early stage and seeing him start his own business. So we're curious, you know, who are the people that helped you to grow as an entrepreneur? And, you know, what are some things that they taught you uh, as mentorship or from, you know, examples and maybe mistakes that they've made in their past? Well, it's really interesting that in this day and age, again, I kind of alluded to the whole, you know, mentorship thing. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people like that's a that's I'm sure you guys know as coaches that this is a buzzword now, like everybody wants a mentor. And I can't say I had a specific mentor in business that taught me okay, this is how you run things. You know, I would go to things like score, you know, and try to get those, you know, executives and people to talk to me. But I think a lot of it was more the uh, virtual mentorship, the books and the trainings and stuff like that. So all of the stuff from, you know, you name all the big names that uh, we know in online marketing. I just devoured everything they had, uh, bought all the courses and just really just made myself a student and had to dig myself into this marketing and business world because as you know as musicians generally that's not talked about we get these big books of law right the the mm. business of music and that was like that's right over there in my bookcase it's about 700 pages unless you're going to be a lawyer you don't understand anything in that so as a musician and as a creative i felt like i had to go out kind of outside of that world because a lot of the people inside the world were relying on other people to kind of run their careers to run you know managers and again entertainment lawyers and they were just like well i just go out there and i play and i perform i said well you're not taking advantage of the information that's in front of you that's really what i do now is i try to tell creators and musicians hey you can learn how to run your books you can learn how to you know do a facebook ad because i had to learn it i didn't necessarily have somebody walking me through step Mm -hmm. by step now that being said i absolutely relied on my my core community like i mentioned to really give me like that encouragement to keep going so they Mm -hmm. may not Mm -hmm. been teaching me hey here's how you run your business but they were definitely telling me hey here's how you stay steady and stay focused and stay persistent with it so you know a lot i I could name a million of the musicians in my 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 circle You, you wouldn't know their names but, you know, these are guys like uh, that have played for Donnie McClurkin and, wow. you know, and, and yeah, these are, you know, South Florida, we've got amazing, amazing. musicians and, yeah. and they've gone on to do amazing things. But, you know, I didn't know I didn't know what they were doing in business. Like I didn't. Now I know mm-hmm. <laughs> back then I, I wish I had asked them those questions. Right. But back then it was like, oh, you're just doing amazing things. Now I realize, yeah, you guys were going to take the same seminars I was taking. You were learning how to do email marketing. You were paying mm-hmm. attention to how you do this. But 
that's not unfortunately always shared in our community. So I have to say, I didn't until later realize the power of having those mentors to actually walk you through. Now I have guys that have, you know, done joint webinars with me and they're saying, hey, Alan, why aren't you doing this with your lives? Why aren't you doing this? Now we're coaching and helping each other. But that wasn't the case at the beginning. I really had to almost, you know, do that whole pull yourself up by your own bootstraps until I realized there were other people who were just like me who could help me. Yeah, what I love about that is, um, you know, having so having some some experience myself uh, as a musician, a musician, and kind of in the gig space, mostly as a writer though. Um, as a writer, um, you're right. Like, you know, you get that big book of music law, and you flip through the first couple of pages, and you're like, all right, I'm cross-eyed. Right, sure, whatever. I need to I need to hire representation. I need somebody else to handle this because of what it takes. Just for me to create the the process of me creating it requires so much energy that I don't even I don't want to expend that same energy trying to figure out marketing and business and how can I balance all of that but then what inevitably happens cuz we hear it we've seen it we've heard it from other people or experienced ourselves is the examples of all these really brilliantly talented individuals getting taken advantage of in this yeah. space time and time again and you're, you're listening, you find out somebody gets a, a, an amazing placement, and then you find out that they don't have any credit to show for, they didn't get compensated for. You're like, how how, how did you not end up on that, right? Mm. And it's because of that lack of knowledge. And so um, I love what you're sharing about, you know, the, the, the realization you had of, well, I gotta. I kind of got, gotta go outside of this traditional path that I've seen other folks take of looking at the entertainment law book and then casting it to the side and saying, okay, well, where else can I consume some of this information where it's digestible, where I can understand it, where I can start using it to to my advantage, so I'm not relying on second and third parties that I hope have my best interests at heart or I hope that my radar was on point and I found the right person, now I can confidently know. And even if I do have partnerships or I am leveraging relationships, I'm not ignorant to what's going on in the space. I can speak from a a place of uh, confidence and experience. And it comes back to like one of the things that we were sharing with the audience um, in uh, our last episode around being committed to learning something like learning, continuing to learn as a solopreneur and staying on top of what's happening in your space that's relevant, but then also sharing. And you bought that back up with, you know, all of these folks that are well accomplished musicians, but they're not just accomplished musicians. You come to find out that they're also accomplished business people because of how they've gone about protecting themselves and investing in themselves and learning. And then the power of being able to share that. Because, man, I've, I've occupied rooms, and I know you have as well, with people who are brilliant, they have a natural ear, they have these different skill sets, and they can spend hours teaching you what type of filter or effect that they stumbled across and how they you know, flipped it, put this verb on it, and did this, and yeah. right, and they show you that trick. But then when you want to engage in a conversation around, well, show me the tricks of your business, it's like, uh, ooh it's a little bit more guarded, right? Or they can't speak to it. And I think that has shifted completely where you now see the power, the power starting to shift more to the creatives in terms of accessibility to this information. Mm -hmm. And then even those that have access to it now saying, okay, I have to be an evangelist for this part of the job. It's not just 
can you write some a catchy hook or play you know cool notes but hey man now i'm having conversations with my my friends what's your business like tell me like how how do your contracts look what do you typically do uh like what's your expectation how do you handle the conversation around around um uh, around booking do you take money up front you, do you have what's your back end process look like like all of those things that we were yeah. not having conversations about before um and so i, I love to hear kind of your evolution and how you figure that out along the way um and hopefully uh our listeners if you're a creative and kind of in this space it's resonating with you the importance of doing that diligence so that like you said you learn from mentorship the virtual mentorship of listening to this and listening to Alan's experiences as opposed to the mistakes of, you know, we've, we've had to feel of, you know, losing out on money and losing out on opportunity and stuff like that, because we just didn't take the time to shore up that part of our process. Mm. Absolutely. I was just going to say, when you, even as you talked about it, I realized, you know, this is again, uh, it's, it's really been the last 10, 15 years. I don't even know, you know, the, the, the Spotify generation, whatever you want to call it, you know, back, I guess Napster was back when it started, you mm-hmm. know, stealing music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff. like the record industry did not see this coming. Right. They mm-hmm. were surprised. And I don't think the musicians and the creatives saw it coming either. But the digital revolution, again, put all this at our fingertips where now that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe streaming only gets you like point zero zero one cent. But at least you have control now over how many people you reach or mm-hmm. you have control over your email list or you have control. You're not waiting, like you said, for the record company to come give you this huge advance. That's a loan. Yep. You know, that was one, that was one of my favorite. Um, <laughs> that's one of my favorite lessons back in elementary school. Guys, I, I so funny. I remember I actually had to teach my elementary school students. They're like, you see your big stars over there. You do realize that all the things they're, they're driving. This is like, you know, early 2000s. You do realize they have to pay all that back, right? You do realize those videos are usually loaned money. Money. That right. They're loaned <laughs> and they're 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 rented and they're leased and it's like you guys are following them and I was teaching elementary school kids. I just wanted them to be better music consumers. Mm-hmm. Now flip that to us creatives realizing, oh, that was all smoke and mirrors as well. Mm-hmm. And like you said, look at all the, the I mean the, the horrible stories, the James Browns and the princes, mm-hmm. our best entertainers, guys yes. that were the best of the best, and yet they still talents. had no will, no plan for the assets and the creative uh, genius that they built, and their families or you know uh, their estates have nothing to show for it. After all that creative genius, that's 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 a big thing. That I think again, thinking about legacy and family, mm. that's something I don't want to happen to any family, especially mm. my own. So yeah, it's it's like okay, maybe it's hard. Maybe I don't like to talk about law and contracts and copyright but my children are going to be glad that i did did so yeah that's something that's super near and dear to my heart now and what i what i love too about what you're sharing is that not only has this quote-unquote like spotify generation at least they're they're better informed about okay well where do i put my music um and what am i getting in terms of like my splits and my royalties and, and the whole nine but now they're saying they're taking a step further and they're empowered to make the decision to say well do I really value my 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 music, my contribution, my creativity at pennies on the dollar? Because maybe now for me, I don't want to go down the the path of you know being on a streaming platform. Are there other ways? Is it better for me to find my thousand true fans and sell yep. direct to consumer at mm-hmm. the price point or the valuation that I feel it's worth? And yeah, I may not get a million spins, but I don't need a million spins because I just need a thousand loyal listeners at the price point that I, I know it's worth. 
And I'm making more than if I was, you know, um, on all the Spotify charts right now because of how the splits and the breakouts work. And so they're they're using that information out to their disposal as well, which is powerful. Exactly. It's all about ownership. It's all about ownership. I, I look at, at, at performers like um, Jimmy Buffett's and, you know, I mean, come on. Now, Margaritaville is literally a everywhere. brand name everywhere. He's got resorts and things from one song. One mm-hmm. song <laughs> became a brand. And of course, you know, we got all the other examples of the Jay-Z's and people who that who have created empires uh, because of their business acumen. But, yeah, I just think we have to value creators. We have to value you know that intellectual property we have is irreplaceable. IP, you yeah. can't, yeah. And, and we all, those of us who create, have it. And it doesn't matter if it's music, art, film, whatever. I mean, during COVID, if it weren't for the creative economy, all of us would have gone crazy. <laughs> yeah. So it was really us keeping the mental state of the world <laughs> in mm. check and having something when we were all locked down. We were watching Netflix, we were listening to music, music and and art and film mm. into our homes digitally. And of course, now you got NFTs and everything. So yeah, the sky's the limit. I think if we contain and keep that ownership, that's I think the key word that we got to remember. Mm, powerful man. Yeah. yeah, this is this stuff is right up my alley. Yeah, I mean that that was big for us. But I was I was thinking it, and then you said it that IP, that intellectual property, and that was you know part of of why we started what was the Legacy and Leadership podcast, and now the Uncompromised Entrepreneur podcast was. Hey, there's a pandemic going on. We've been having these conversations. Like we want to be able to to bring this to the world, and if nothing else, leave a legacy for our kids and God willing grandchildren that will be able to to have this this record of you know their their grandfather, great grandfather, and some conversations and what they taught and how they tried to make an impact in the world. Uh, but also recognizing as we started to to say, okay, we think that we can actually turn this into a business. So our IP is very valuable to us and, and what we know and how we how we help and how we serve other people. Um, you just have to be very cautious of how you do that and making sure, again, that, that you're getting you're serving people because that's that's the heart. Right. That's the passion of what you're doing. At the same time, when you have a family that you're trying to to provide for, uh, that you are you're getting your worth and the value for that intellectual property that you truly have and when you're talking about contracts and such making sure that you're doing it in a way that other people are not able to take advantage of that right um, and like you said leaving that legacy for your family not for somebody else's mm-hmm. family but for your right. family yeah man it's you almost have an obligation you, not even almost when we talk about legacy you have an obligation to do so for them because again the things that we're creating we may not even really reap the full benefit of what we're offering to this world, right? But our children, our children's children, those who follow us. And so we have an obligation to be good stewards and put them in a position where they mm-hmm. can leverage that and unlock the potential of what that has to offer, whatever our offering is. Um, I think about recently watched um, on Netflix, a Bob Ross documentary, um, oh, yeah. which, which was fantastic. And then just the situation, his son's a brilliant painter out of, Orla- uh, out of Orlando, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even have the rights to his father's own name. Like how to his name to yeah. his name to yeah his to his name. last name his yeah last to his name. last name yeah. i don't have the i don't even own my name anymore and how heart like just gut-wrenching that is to see yeah. and all these like you said all these other examples prince's estate and then you see kind of these these creatives come to that realization almost too late you know, obviously bob was on his deathbed and he's trying to figure out and scramble hey get the paperwork i need you to go see this person and sign it but by that time the other folks have already been kind of plotting and scheming and preparing. And 
you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it played out the way that it played out. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think about those things, um, whether it's when we create podcast content or, you know, we're writing music or we're creating some, you know, art or whatever, the, whatever it is that we're offering, the business that we're building and just making sure that, like, this is not this is not mine per se. This is something that I've started the process of building. I have a hand in, but this is much bigger than me. Um, you know, he's planted that in my heart It's much bigger than me. And so I have an obligation to be a good steward while I'm responsible for it because the yeah. boys coming up behind me, they need to be in a position to take the ball and run with it. And the last thing I want them to do is, you know, look at me like, dang, pops, you couldn't, you couldn't even give me the opportunity. You know what I mean? Like you built so much, but you didn't protect it. Now what? Mm. That's powerful. Yep. So when I think about some of those stories, right, and the examples that we just provided and the adversity that those individuals or that their family went through, uh, I'm curious, Alan, you know, if you can tell us about adversity that you faced and, and you know, what did you learn from that moment uh, as an entrepreneur specifically? And what did you learn from that moment and, and kind of take away as you as you worked through that adversity in your entrepreneurship journey? Well, you know, when, as, even when you mentioned this question earlier, it, it's gone, it goes so many different directions, right? Because adversity, obviously, you know, I, I think of that verse that says a friend lovers, loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So mm. the first thing that comes to me is that, okay, if I went through something, the only reason I got through it is because somebody else was there with me. And so it takes my mind, that word, not necessarily right away to entrepreneurship, but just life, like the people I could not have a business if I didn't first have a brother. I couldn't first have somebody that would keep me sane and make sure that whenever my family was getting all messed up and I was getting you know out of my head, I couldn't. Now, here's the thing. I tried to pretend like I could focus on my business when my family was suffering, but I was not. And matter of fact, now that I even talk to you guys, this is the first time I realized if I can think of the dips where I really didn't make any progress in my business, it was because my family and my mental mm. state and my emotional state was not together. Mm. So it was impossible for mm. me to move forward in my business because my life was not reflecting that value and that ownership that we're talking about. If I can't own my problems, I can't own my prosperity. I, mm. I can't, Bar. you know, I can't handle that. So I really, again, I hope it, I don't know if it answers the question, but there's plenty of dips in the business side where I could say, yeah, you know, I went through this and, you know, the money went down to zero and we had to like figure this out and think. But my mind goes back to those times when I needed to like get myself together so that I could be a better business person so that I would realize the value kind of like what we're talking about. If I didn't value like my own ability, I wouldn't value those things that I was creating with this, you know podcast and things like that so that's the first thing that comes to mind is that thank god i had people who kind of called me on the carpet right people were like alan what are you doing <laughs> you know like those people who really kind of stepped in and said hey we'll sit with dinner with you know my, my wife and i and a couple of friends uh one of my friends actually mentioned in the book he's one of my guys at church um drummer has been in my life 15 12, yeah 15 years about 12 15 years and I just remember him calling me up when I was at this particular low point. And we can talk about, you know, emotional health, mental health. Look, this dude was calling me and saying, hey, Alan, like, how are you doing? Like, he would not let me off the hook. I'd give him some platitude. He's like, nah, he's not <laughs> receiving it. A couple of other guys, same thing. These are rock solid guys who are not necessarily entrepreneurs, but they're brothers. And mm -hmm. they really knew when I was not getting it together. 
So that I think this particular level where I now feel like I'm moving forward in my business would not have happened had I not kind of given myself up and said, hey, guys, I need help. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's the key thing about adversity is that you got to get people around you. I got people around me. Thank God I, I let them in that then said, hey, if you get this together, then you'll feel confident enough to step forward into the things that God's giving you. But as long as I was struggling to kind of believe in myself. Mm. there's no chance for my business like it would have been a uh, a house built on sand right like the like the proverb says Mm -hmm. so i really feel like that was the key thing that got me through that adversity was when things were going wrong in my life i got people around me to make sure that i shored that up and then i could step forward with my business Mm. powerful man powerful 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 Uh, i i love the fact that you talked about you know Again, I can't I can't embrace my prosperity if I don't embrace my problems. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. that was like a huge like a huge bar um, because it's, it's true. Sometimes, you know, what we see as entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, is we have a tendency, um, funny enough, you know, or instinct. Like when things aren't going good in life, we almost dive ourselves into maybe what we're building what the thought yeah. process that like maybe well this i can control i can fix this you know what i mean like i can't i can't i don't have the capacity to deal with the relationships or maybe i can't fix the relationship but i can get better at my craft i can get better at my business i can yeah, like i i can solve something we have that that desire to want to solve something yeah, fix it uh-huh yeah right and but what it ends up being i think to your point is it's almost like we get so into ourselves or into trying to find anything to fix that our our view is so myopic that we can't even look at the bigger picture and find out, bro, you're not making any progress. You're on a treadmill right now. Like you got your head down, you know, your your head is down and you're just like grinding that out running. But like if you look up, you realize you're on a treadmill, you're not making any progress. You're just it's just activity, it's action, it's move it's moment it's movement, you're spinning. And where we really need to spend time is to get the other aspects of our lives together so that we have the capacity to to deliver and make progress, like you said, um, and what we're building from a business perspective. Um, and I think it's, that's even more so the case when you start talking about as a creative, uh, because I remember there was a point in my life, again, you know, I've you know, been around music, enjoying music, you know, writing, creating since I was you know, 16. But there was a period of time where my my home life wasn't wasn't on point. It wasn't where it needed to be. I didn't have a partner that was supportive or felt like or I felt was supportive of, you know, my passions and my skill set and my talent. And literally, I, I hit a probably a five year, five, six year hiatus of like writer's block, like creative block. I couldn't create. No matter, like I was trying to write, I was trying to do stuff, but because my home life wasn't on point, because like I didn't have the environment that was conducive to me creating, I didn't have the inspiration because I needed that type of support and that stuff done properly. Um, I couldn't create. I couldn't create anything that I felt proud of. I couldn't create anything that was meaningful. And it wasn't. I promise you. It's funny you're saying that, man, because like I'm coming to these uh, realizations that I'm talking to you. Is I I didn't. I didn't find that inspiration until I was inspired by the, the growth I was making emotionally and mentally. Oof. Like when 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 I became inspired by the growth I was making mo- emotionally and mentally and I reached that point where I was I'm going to take control of my life and I'm going to do things like live things on my terms and you know as long as I'm right with myself and I'm right with God then I know I'm doing the right thing. 
like once I started doing that, once I started letting people in, um, you know, um, you know, bringing Jimmy into the fold and really opening up to him about what I was experiencing at the time and a couple other friends. Right. Once that happened, I was inspired by my own growth and that unlocked the inspiration that I needed to be able to create and create properly. And I did more in the next three years that I had um, creatively than I was able to accomplish in the past 10 years. Um, you know, just kind of going through those emotions, man. So, uh, everything you're saying, bro, and just your testimonies just really resonate with me. Like it's powerful as hell, man. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. Oh no, it's my pleasure, man. And I, I really do. Again, as I say it, it's the same thing. It's that iron sharpening iron thing, right? It's like mm-hmm. you, you, you talk about it. It's like, oh my gosh, that is what I went through. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Now that I hear it back to me, it's like, my goodness, I don't even realize how powerful it is or how much people fed or sold into me until you take a look back and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's what did it. That was the key. And like you just said, I think the clarity for creatives, I think there's a lot of misplaced trauma worship. I don't know how to call that. I just made that no. up. But we make up like, OK, yeah. if I'm going through, if I'm like, you know, I'm writing, I'm writing songs about heartbreak. And that's and, when I make and, my and, best and, stuff. Yeah. When I'm depressed. It's like. It's like, like, really? Like, are we going to say yes? Now, there's a there's room for that, right? There's room mm-hmm. for like expressing yourself. But what I've been really fighting against, guys, I don't want that to be the status quo. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you're going to have dips. Yeah, we're going to have trouble. Yeah, we're going to be creators. We're going to have, like you said, writers block and things like that. But that shouldn't be the status quo. That shouldn't be the the place that you live, right? Mm-hmm. And so, my biggest thing as a creative has been to tell people, hey. You can be healthy. You can be whole. You know, you know, Jimmy, you talked about like going in your workout, right? Like taking care of your health, being not being one of these people that's like, you know, smoking and drinking and like having all this stuff. And and then you try to be creative out of that, you know, like, mm, is it really necessary? Maybe not. Maybe your best work is when you're fresh and when you're mm. you're, you're happy and when your your wife is or your kids or whatever, like whatever your situation is, it's like you then you can go back and be like, ooh, remember that time when I was sad? Let me write about that. Let me mm. talk about when I was and like, yeah, you can talk about it. the bad stuff, but not not living in the thing that you're trying to create. Correct, so I think that's bro. why I'm so so passionate for about. No, that. I love what you said. The like the example that you just provided is spot on. It's because I what I often found is when I was writing things, because um, once I got to a, a place where I was healthy um, emotionally, mentally. Then I was I was able to honestly process what I had experienced and then that started to appear in my writing and what I was creating. But when people would listen, they would think, oh, man, like when you wrote like when you wrote this, like you were so depressed when you wrote that. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I promise you, I was in a great space. What you're hearing is me being in a, a healthy enough space where I can honestly process it and then bring it to you. But I don't want you to walk away with the impression that I'm just walking around despondent mm-hmm. about my prior right. relationship. I had already done the work to get through that. So to your point, there's this this you know weird, for lack of a better term, like trauma worship as when it comes to creatives, where you think that only the best inspiration comes from living in this depressed state. It's the furthest thing from the truth. It's when you are mentally healthy, when you're emotionally healthy, when you have everything um, going on all cylinders around you, you're healthy enough to be able to process what you've been through and articulate it and highlight the lessons, the learnings, the growth and share that with the world. Because the version of me that was cut off and closed and um, depressed and not healthy and all of that stuff before I let other folks in, 
I wouldn't I didn't even have the the, the tools to properly articulate what I was what I was experiencing and share that with folks. So, I, I, again, man, I, I think you definitely touched on something there, Alan. Now, there's a few things that both of y'all touched on it. And what you just said as well, Devon, is I think sometimes a creative might use that as an excuse to say, well, you know, because they're secluded and they don't have people around them where they're not letting people in. Well, this is all I have to be able to, to release or to work through these emotions and these negative things that I'm going through. But what you mentioned, uh, both of you, again, is seeking help, but humbling yourself. Mm. And, and, you know, I was reading this morning just about the, the meekness of God, right? And how we're mm. called to, 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 to live in that spirit of peace and meekness. And part of that is recognizing I need to have myself, especially as men, surrounded by other men that I know are going to hold me accountable. They're going to ask me tough questions that are going to be there for me when I'm going through these, these troubles, these trying times. And I'm faced with this adversity in my life uh, because I don't have to do it alone. You know, and whether they're providing guidance, like you said earlier, Alan, whether they're just providing encouragement to you or it's that person in your life that says, no, how are you really doing? Like, don't just give me that, you know, the, the, the sugar coating stuff, like really talk to me and let me know. Um, those things are just so important. And, and for entrepreneurs, I think sometimes we can get caught up thinking that like nobody knows how we're feeling or this entrepreneur solopreneur life and I'm out here by myself when that doesn't have to be the case you know there's community in meeting and, and you know surrounding yourself with other entrepreneurs solopreneurs and people who maybe they're in a different industry or different space mm -hmm. but we're all here trying to to follow our our purpose and make an impact in other people's lives and serve other people and there's connection in that. And when you're able to build relationships uh, and then sharing some of those things, and again, it really have that, that inner circle, which we talked a lot about in uh, our season two, mm. that inner circle is what's going to help you uh, to get through. And, and I appreciate you reminding us of that verse as well, that, you know, a brother's there for, you know, for that time of adversity, because um, that has been so true in, in my life as well, mm -hmm. uh, between Devon and myself and a couple of other brothers that are just, you know, very, very dear to me. So. Um, so thankful, man, for for those reminders and you just again, just sharing, you know, from your heart and your experiences. I, I am curious when we talk about, you know, this life as as an entrepreneur and, you know, we talk about your um, kind of the origin story. Right. And how we all got started and what led us up to this point. What is one secret that you would offer to your pre entrepreneurial self? Uh, that would help you maybe accelerate your progress to where you are now if you can go back and do something like that? Wow, that, I love that you asked this question because this is one of my favorite questions to my guest, and now I have to turn around and answer it. Um, <laughs> right? Um, I would definitely, I've, I've said this many times. Again, you can tell I'm an open book, right? I've, I've, I've learned that, you know, just the more open I am, transparent I am, the better I am. So I wish I'd, I, my pre entrepreneurial self, I wish I had told myself to prepare for success, not be surprised by it. Like I never really bought into the idea that, you know, and did this whole this thing about self-care, self-love, all that stuff. Like I don't want to go into like the buzzwords, but yeah, I really wish I believed, my, believed in myself a little more. I really wish that starting out, not that I would have like, again, not stay humble, not be humble in terms of like a bad way, but I've heard humility is described as being no more or no less than who you are. Mm. 
Mm. And that's a key word that like, I would always be like, oh, you know, I, I'm not quite there. And, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you're not quite there. But I knew that God knows that, you know, but I'm also, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made and all those other things. So if I had bought into that, once again, it kind of goes right back to that whole mindset thing, right? So much of this stuff is not nuts and bolts and X's and O's. It's mindset. So I wish I at that point before I got into, hey, I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to build this brand. I'm going to build this thing. I'm going to do that thing. I wish I just kind of told myself, say, hey, this is probably going to work, you know, <laughs> and if it works, you need to be ready for when it works. I had a coaching client just the other day and I, t I, I laid that on her and she's I'll, I'll give you the example I gave her, which is a, 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 a knock on me. I've had one of my uh, my live stream shows during the pandemic. I started up a live stream uh, uh, series, sold tickets, did the whole thing, you know, created a live stream experience for my for my living room for the pandemic. And I had a, a, a fan who basically came to me and said, hey, you know, I would love to sponsor a concert. She just wanted to sponsor the entire thing. Now, do you know that yeah. my full self didn't have the payment? systems ready or i don't know what i did i erased her information or something and i i still don't have you know she was ready she came in ready, ready. to bankroll and i wasn't because i wasn't expecting mm. success i wasn't mm. thinking ahead like hey what if this is the day that somebody comes in with the big check what if this is the day so that's the thing i would have told myself honestly from the get-go is like hey Stop assuming things will go wrong. Yes, prepare for the worst or whatever. That's all okay. You know, be 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 prepared. That's cool. But also prepare for the best because if the best comes and you're not ready, it's literally as if the best never showed up. Mm. And so that's that's one that's one thing I wish I had thought more of before I started. Yeah, all a few bars. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you've 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 heard uh, our our podcast before, so we have our our golden nuggets that drop, and you've definitely some strong bars and golden nuggets. So uh, once the audience is hearing us, believe me, they're going to hear those those golden nuggets dropping chain, throughout. Chain, chain. Yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking of our audience, any you know kind of last words of advice that you would share for for entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs today about building their business? Wow, I would so much that we could share. I mean, this conversation, number one, uh, gentlemen, has been incredible. I am, I'm inspired. Like I'm ready to go run through a wall right now just <laughs> from this conversation. Um, I think I would go back to the community thing, though, because I think a lot of what we discussed has come around to, you know, who's around you, who's in your corner, and entrepreneurship and solopreneurship. Clearly, we're talking about solo. It sounds like it's all about being alone, being your own boss, and there's there's nothing further from the truth when it comes to actual success. My success is my tribe's success, is my community's success. When I see guys that I, you know, again, like we just shared a tidbit here or there or in terms of, hey, try this with your Facebook or, you know, hey, make sure you get this guy to pay you or watch out for this guy. He's not going to pay you, <laughs> you know, like those little moments where you like, like you said, um, Devon, where you actually like break down and say, hey, just tell me how you really do your business, right? dropping those guards and just really connecting with people, that would probably be my number one piece of advice because so many times we do sit in YouTube University, School of Hard Knocks, and we try to figure it out on our, on our own. And uh, I feel like the number one thing, again, is that community. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Like there's safety in getting more people. You guys already mentioned, I'm sure, in several podcasts before your whole your whole um, 
initiative seems to be again like where that's why we connect so well is because it's all about community connected with people that are like-minded um same with god and gigs like i just really feel like my job is to bring people together i don't have all the answers but he does or she does Mm -hmm. and it's like if we all get in the same room somebody's gonna have the right answer Mm -hmm. so that would probably be my number one thing is like don't be afraid to share open up to people and uh, obviously pray about it, you know, let God lead you to the right people. Don't 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 share your dream with everybody. Don't be Joseph and end up in a pit, you know, <laughs> don't share your dream with everybody. But whenever God leads you to the right people, like that's when, you know, it's time to, hey, let me open up. Because, again, like that whole rising tide lifts all boats. If you're in the right pool, then all the boats should be lifting at the same time. Amen. And I just feel like we got to like be open to that. Love that. Love that. Love that. Uh, so I saw a clip of you on Instagram uh, playing the piano and, and doing a gig. So uh, I would love for you to share with our audience and our uncompromising entrepreneurs, where can they find uh, more information about you, about the podcast, and if they're in the South Florida area, maybe even you know some gigs that you have coming up in the future. Oh, well, thanks, man. I, 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 I love that. That was actually, I think if you saw the one that I just did, it was the 21st. Yep. of September and I played yep. as like I had to play it and it was yes. like not, it was so deep it was so I was like I didn't even realize this when I played it was nine twenty one twenty one. I'm like whoa oh. like that's that's never gonna happen again in my lifetime I'm like thank god I caught that moment but uh thank you so much for this opportunity uh everything in terms of God and gigs which is my platform once again to help better creatives build better lives from the inside out godandgigs.com for everything you can find the Instagram the Facebook, all of those things are under God and Gigs as a username, so it's easy to find. In terms of my personal stuff, I do have a website, alancpaul.com, which will lead you everywhere else. As you said, like I have many paths, and sometimes I'm a you know master uh, jack of all trades, master of some, and so <laughs> I am you know definitely still writing, still creating, still about to create a new uh, quote book. I want to do a little more stuff with my writing, so I might be doing a non musical book very soon so you can find out about that at alancpaul.com sign up for that and yeah there's also the music site that you can find from that same website it'll take you to my facebook and youtube and all that stuff so they can find anything i'm involved with from that standpoint Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, well, again, we feel, I'm sure, I'm speaking for the both of us, but I, I know my, my brother really, really well. I uh, mm-hmm. feel the same way, just about uh, the inspiration and, and just kind of being fired up about this conversation and, and so many thoughts that we've had and things that were, were triggered in our minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope that our uncompromising entrepreneurs out there, as you're listening or you're watching this, uh, that you have that same feeling as well. Uh, we thank you so much again, Alan, for joining us and for dropping so many golden nuggets for our audience out there uh, to our uncompromising entrepreneurs uh, again please like uh, share this episode with other entrepreneurs that you know are going to find benefit from this episode itself um, if you want to get in contact with us again you can do that through uncompromisingcoaches.com uh, we would love to to hear from you always again leave comments within this episode uh, if you haven't done so already subscribe to the YouTube channel the uncompromising entrepreneur podcast uh, and leave some comments again we love engaging we love hearing from you guys whether it's through those mediums or even if you're DMing us uh, on any of those social media platforms again we truly 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 appreciate hearing from you as well um, be on the look 
lookout for the next episode, which is going to be episode 62. We're continuing on this journey, at least through the month of, of October, around solopreneurship. So the next episode is going to be uh, really top three secrets. We dropped a lot of golden nuggets here, but we got three more secrets that we're going to provide to you to help you find solopreneur success. Uh, so again, be on the lookout for that. You're not going to want to miss that one. Uh, sure that you're going to find a lot of good information from that. A couple of things that I, I, I took away from this conversation, Alan. Uh, one, share, smile, serve, Make sure that you are focusing on kind of those three pillars uh, and then prepare yourself for success, mm. uh, especially if you know that you're following your purpose, you're living in that, you're taking those bold steps and you're walking in obedience. Uh, be prepared. Be prepared for all that God has for you because uh, you just never know when it's around the corner. And if somebody want to give you some money, you want to be ready to accept that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, for sure. So, uh, again, hopefully that, you know, if there's any other uh, golden nuggets that really stood out to you, again, we'd love to hear that from you. Go ahead and leave that for us in the comments. Uh, so thank you again. Uh, can't thank you enough because, again, the, yeah, this was a really, really, really good, uh, profound conversation that we had, Alan. So we appreciate you saying yes and joining us for our third installment of the NBA series. To our audience out there, as always, y'all, take care. God bless. And, and stay, stay encouraged. encouraged. You have just listened to the Uncompromising Entrepreneur Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Gonzalez and Devon Watts. Thank you, and we hope that you pursue your passion, create profits, and build a legacy. Until next time, y'all.